When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 93. I can't believe there have been 93 of these podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I am very excited about today's show. My guest, Kirsty Moore, is one of my favorite people to talk to about Bravo. She's super witty, has the best accent in the world, and just has a really unique take on everything that we saw this week from Atlanta to Vanderpump Rules to Beverly Hills and then New York City. As a reminder, if you like the podcast, please rate and subscribe and also follow me at ITRL underscore podcast on social media. I hope you are all staying safe and healthy and watching lots of Bravo. Without further ado, let's get to this week's guest, Kirsty Moore. Hi, everyone. I am here with Kirsty Moore from the Reality TV and Me podcast. How's it going down under? Hello. So nice to speak to you. It's been a minute. I'm, you know what? It's not too bad down here. I'm in Melbourne. Um, when isolation first hit, I was told that my suburb is one of the very highly infectious areas, but we've just reduced our restrictions. So things are looking up. We're not so bad. Um, and yeah, we're just kind of, I don't know, getting on like everybody else doing the best we can. Oh, I'm glad you're doing okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a little jealous. Um, of Honestly, I'm praying for you guys. Yeah, your country's there. response yeah. has been fantastic. <laughs> well, and also because we are an island of oh, our own. Yeah. As soon as you close um, travel borders, you know, it's 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 easy to keep infection out. Um so look, we've 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 not been too bad, but yeah, I mean, it's just been a very strange time for the whole world. It's 
it's like oddly uniting in a sense. Yeah. I mean, we're watching on Bravo, everyone, you know, connecting through like Zoom and Andy mm-hmm. Cohen doing his show from his apartment. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, that's been interesting to see. I think Bravo mm-hmm. has been so on top of things with yep. how they've tried to just pivot you know, to doing Andy Cohn's show at home, like so quickly. The only reason it didn't start earlier is because he had coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I, that's one of my favorite parts of all of this is seeing into people's apartments and just really perving on their internal world. You know, I was like, especially people that like the housewives, yes, we get a glimpse into that world, you know, on a, on a weekly basis, but with Andy, you know, it was fun with the Atlanta reunion because all of these women are in these white and gray, very pristine apartments and houses. And then Andy's just got all like this wall of crap behind him. <laughs> and whenever they show him in his office, it's, his table's completely cluttered with things and cups and papers and everything that we all have just, just our workspace just completely trashed with old coffee cups and papers we haven't got to yet. I love, I kind of love that. I love it too. Have you been enjoying the reunion, Real Housewives of Atlanta? This was wild because really we have never seen anything like this before. It was a real look into the future. Oh, <laughs> I hope too it's dramatic not the future. <laughs> I hope we go back. <laughs> Well, we're kind of a look into the past with like that right. Brady Bunch kind of right. pre- presentation. And it was so chaotic. It was wild. It was almost more chaotic than a traditional reunion, you know, where people get up and walk out. We're just slamming the computers shut now. I loved it, to be honest. I didn't think I would. And I haven't loved the Atlanta season I started out watching it and I got kind of bored. There's too many pregnant people, too many babies. And that's just, I, I know, like, right? I need my housewives wild and drunk and swinging from the chandeliers. That makes me a terrible person. Fine. But this reunion, <laughs> <laughs> this reunion brought it and I, I was into it. I was, I was really into, into it. I thought it was so funny. That whole cookie lady story was such a bad storyline. And um, Tanya really kind of hit the nail on the head where she was like, Kenya thought she had a loaded gun, but she shot a blank. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yep, there was nothing there. This is so stupid. Um, One thing that I somehow, I don't know how I missed this, but um, in the tabloids, But Kenya mentioned, or she was implying that Greg, Nini's husband, was having relationships with, quote unquote, their help, which that was weird. And also, like, calling people the help is also so problematic. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, what is going on? And then instead of defending Greg, Nini was like, well, who's your man messing around with? Because it ain't you, which is true. But mm-hmm. th- that, I don't know, Nini has, I'm over Nini. I'm over any, anyone on any show that thinks it's one, their show, which we will mm-hmm. get to, and who thinks that like it all revolves around them. You know, like if Vicky Gunvalson is not Real Housewives of the OC. She is a member or was of the Real Housewives of the OC, 
But to think that like any one individual makes a franchise allows their ego to get so big. Like you are not the franchise. You are a part of an ensemble. So quiet your little ego. We saw what happens when that ego gets too big. I mean, Vicky stopped bringing it and the story became repetitive. Her squealing and screaming became annoying. She had no friends left and she got booted off. And that's what's going to happen to Nini if she keeps believing that she is, I don't know, King Dick over here. She really, like, she doesn't have, we saw the apology tour, like, going around trying to, like, make up with every single person. And it was so inauthentic. And it was just so manipulative to be on the show. And, and you know, we as viewers knew that. It's boring. I'm done with Nini too. Yeah, I was really confused about the feud that she had with Candy. I I guess it all started on Mm -hmm. YouTube or Facebook Live or something like that, where she said she made some comment about one woman on the cast who was getting spinoffs and she seemed all bitter about it. And (laughs) only Candy has gotten a spinoff, which I didn't realize. I guess they're shooting a show about the old lady gang restaurant Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, the, apparently that. <laughs> it's like Vanderpump Rules of Atlanta. Well, Vanderpump Rules in an aged care facility. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this show going to be? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if it was like of the restaurant, like the people that work at the restaurant. I was very oh, confused. Okay. Or I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was about Mama Joyce and the old lady. Anyways, so then... Candy's like, well, you're shading me. Like, that's about me. And, you know, Nini was kind of like, well, if I had anything to say to you, I would say it to your face. And she's like, but you didn't. (laughs) And it was just like, and then she's like, Nini's like, girl, bye. And Candy just lost it. I have not seen Candy lose it in years. Years. I'm glad, though, because I know a lot of people root for Candy, but I just find her the most tedious housewife. Like, I prefer Eva over Candy any day. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I just find her so uh, measured and and just boring. I Like, I think what we see on TV of Candy is all she is, whereas I don't get that impression from any of the other women. Um, I think she's a businesswoman and a mom, and I'm just like and where's the personality and I just don't find her fun and entertaining um but yeah I I don't know I I think she's kind of a necessary voice of reason but yeah I I did I was happy when she lost it and she kind of like leaned into the camera and was like come at me bitch or whatever she was saying I'm embedded in your motherfucking brain bitch That's a good one. I like that. All right. She, so she, I didn't she, know she could dish it like that. Yeah. When she when she loses it, and she, she didn't have it this time, but I liked that she was like leaning in like a gangster rapper into the into the camera. When she has that quiver in her voice, that she's just like, uh, like she can tell she's about to fucking flip a table and pull a Teresa. It was great. And then when they just wouldn't stop, Andy muted them. And that I mute loved that. was so funny. It was so funny. And everyone's like, they we need- can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't care. They just kept going. Just kept going. 
Uh, that was the highlight for me of the whole reunion. All of the gags, like being able to mute them in real time in a in a regular reunion. Like we need one of those remotes from Click or something. Like get Adam Sandler here because that was so fucking funny. And they're was. still screaming at each other. And all the girls are like, mm, can't hear you, mate. <laughs> that was funny. And then last week when Portia said Ava's tits were social distancing. <gasps> I died. <laughs> Your tits is social distancing. Oh my god! I was laughing so hard at that. I <laughs> I'd heard that on podcasts, so I knew it was coming, and I still cried laughing. I was like, "That's fucking amazing." Portia is she's such a brilliant comic. She doesn't. Oh, she I don't is. know how much she means to be, but she's the funniest housewife. She's by far the funniest. Just the fact she came in there with this giant fuck-off crown. I mean, I could just watch her all day. She doesn't even need to... We don't even need to hear her, but her leaning into the camera with one eye, like, show me them receipts. (laughs) (laughs) She was doing great camera work. She was working that platform, and she shone. She has been... She's the only housewife that can be sober and pregnant and just get more entertaining i just think she is a shining light in this in this dark dismal world that we live in i adore (laughs) portia do you think that the vanderpump rules reunion will be as entertaining well apparently it i mean you know andy always says that they're great and they're entertaining but i look here's how i feel about vanderpump at the moment i tried to transition to uh summer house and get into that because i know a lot of people were into it and i needed another show because we need lots of shows at the moment to keep us entertained and i had been so fatigued with how angry and aggressive vanderpump rules is getting and then watching summer house i was so bored that i was just like really yeah as soon as i went back to vanderpump i'm like i'm home (laughs) Thank God for their screaming and their drama and their violence. And like, it was just like, <laughs> you, I realized how blessed I had been to have Vanderpump in my life. <laughs> Do you think that Summer House is more geared towards an American audience? Maybe. I did kind of have that thought because... It feels uh, I, like it. I think we we tend to enjoy a lot more like I even um, we were talking about before we started recording I've covered um, Australian Married at First Sight and American Married at First Sight um, on my podcast and on Aaron Martin's podcast Pink Shade and they are so so different that if I think of them as different shows the Australians like they go off like a frog in a sock they're just mental they're screaming they're sleeping with each other's husbands you know all this crazy (laughs) shit's going on there was a toothbrush in the toilet incident as a revenge tactic it was it's fucking wild and then the American one it's very demure and it's a slower burn but it's almost like it's it's harder to watch in a way because the the anger and the violence is brewing slowly and slowly and you're like these people hate each other but <laughs> it brews over the season and I love both of these shows but the Australians are like calling each other the c word and like getting it out straight away you right. know it's just fires going off everywhere and then 
in the American one, it's like, I will destroy you, but in my own time. And I will destroy you. <laughs> so both, both are terrifying. Yeah, so, that's so interesting. And so Vanderpump Rules is definitely much more, um, it's a bit of both. Like some things are slow burns, yes. but they also have those like eruptions. What yeah. I, but one thing I miss about Vanderpump Rules is I felt that this season we didn't get to see them having fun as much. Yeah. And I do think that they have fun as a group. And I think many of the people on the show are funny. Like the Toms mm. are hilarious and they show yeah. their antics and stuff. But I think that if they all really are friends, they do have fun together and enjoy each other. And there was just so much more focus on drama than there was on fun. And I felt like the balance was off. Plus yeah. there was too many cast members and they definitely focused on the wrong new people. Like, I don't think they should have. I mean, I do like Charlie, but I don't think they should have. Why do you like Charlie? Sorry, I have to stop you right there. Miss. <laughs> I've never eaten fucking pasta in my life. So I have to tell you. Charlie got a bad edit. She got a no, really. She... Come on, mate. She definitely Charlie got a is... bad edit. And I will. So she did an interview with Ryan Bailey that I think everyone should listen to. And it sounds like she had some difficulty, first of all, opening up. She was hired to be on the show and to, to work at the restaurant. And both her and Brett. And I feel like they probably shouldn't have opened up casting. They should have just found people that are already working there. Danica, already working there. Dana, Max already working there. They don't need to go outside, right? Yeah. But with Charlie, her whole pasta thing, like her eating (laughs) issues, like stem from basically being raped at gunpoint at age 12. And it caused all these problems and like psychological stuff. And it led to her having weird coping mechanisms. And she ended up being like a super picky eater and basically said that they did film this. It was like her, Danica and Sheena. And everyone was crying as she finally Don't opened you think up. That's too dark for Vanderpump. Yeah. I'd and they didn't end up showing it. And they only showed the part where she was just like, yeah, I don't eat pasta. And then she's like, I can't believe they didn't show the background. Now I just look like a dick. <laughs> Well, she did look insane. And that's a very horrific and tragic story. But I also, I I, I struggle with that heavy kind of stuff on these shows because these right. are my escape. And even um, yeah. Lisa Rinna's daughter, Amelia, her eating disorder storyline on, on Beverly Hills, I find that really tough. And um, I think I prefer just, I have this meme of her saying, I never had pasta in my life. And I send yeah. it to my friend every time I watch Vanderpump Rules because I just, every single episode, he gets once a week that post because I just think it's fucking hilarious. But now I feel very guilty and like a no, horrible person. No, but that's what it's for. <laughs> it's to enjoy. What I feel like they messed up on is that Danica and her boyfriend slash ex-boyfriend, Brett, a different Brett, have so oh. much drama like real drama. They're getting back together. They're breaking up. He's asking her to have a threesome from behind the bar. He mentions it. She like physically <laughs> attacks him. She gets suspended. 
we barely get to see this right we see that she gets suspended we hear like later on that she got suspended but there's an entire there's like old footage I forgot who posted it where like her and this Brett guy are getting into it fighting in the back of Sir and Jax is eavesdropping while eating like dinner and then <laughs> like later comes out and talks to Brett. And at one point he was like talking to the camera. He's like, is, was this me? Like, is this what I looked like? And then yeah. they flash back to him and Stassi That's having brilliant. similar arguments. And like, that is what we needed. The producers yeah. messed up by not investing in Danica and Brett too, as opposed also- to investing in like, you know, new people that didn't, didn't, already exist within the Vanderpump universe it wasn't a great introduction to it for any of them but that would have been amazing because it it actually shows a tiny bit of self-awareness for Jax as well which is what we are desperate for as an audience I mean he is 40s 40 years old now we need him he's married and he is I I truly and I posted this on a on a um a Facebook page recently because someone was asking like what the fuck's going on with Jax and we've been asking that for eight years but this season he is just so full of rage I truly feel like we are watching a domestic abuse situation in action and and it like terrifies me I mean like not in a physical sense yet but something he's in a really bad place and if he doesn't get on top of it like I think he needs rehab I think he needs therapy I think it is a, a group therapy. Like he needs to just go sit in a padded cell for a while and calm down. But it's could, could he do group therapy? Like <sighs> I feel like there's certain people that, and so you would think someone like James Kennedy, for example, would have such an ego and like want to share mm. his story at AA and like be loud mm. and make jokes. But it seems like he's been more humbled and actually sits back and is someone that could really listen and learn. Jax, yeah. I feel like. You know, in a a group setting, yeah, it would be such a Luann. Like, it's all about him. It's everyone giving him advice. It's everyone listening to him and him not listening to anyone. But I don't think NA or AA, but I think in a rehab setting, if he did, like, small group therapy of, like, six people, he needs to learn how to be around people because he's he he, that's his problem, being this very narcissistic um, guy. He really, he he cannot, like, that's what we've seen this meltdown this season. As soon as the attention is away from him, he cannot cope. He needs to learn how to give someone else the microphone for a minute or the stage and be okay with that because he's not. And, and it's, Brittany it's, is such an enabler. And, like, the beginning scene of this whole finale was Lala having Brittany, Katie, and Stassi over. And Katie is the only one. I mean, I think she's since maybe changed her tune a little bit. But on the show was, like, telling them, hey, like, this is enough. I'm not going to deal with Jax anymore behaving this way. I'm going to block him. And Stassi and Lala looked at her like, <gasps> you know, and Brittany's like, well, this is my husband. It's like I get he's your husband I still do not need to engage him if he's going yeah. to be behaving this way and I mean Brittany just needs to I'm tired of this whole like stand by your man thing it's it's old mm-hmm. it's you know why why is everyone making excuses for him all the time I mean and I am yeah. the first to admit like 
I kind of stood up for him a few years ago after his dad died. I was like, listen, if there's any time that someone can pull it together and turn it Mm -hmm. around, it's after losing an immediate family member that they loved. You know, that that is a like completely life altering moment. Yeah. And I felt like he was getting better and he was maybe it was all a facade who knows? I but, think that's kind of the problem, though, because yeah. I think it was a facade. Whereas we saw Lala, she lost her dad at around the same time. She went fucking nuts. She was furious. She was angry. All of that grief was coming out as rage and and uh, substance abuse. But she kind of processed it in, in doing that. Whereas Jax, ha- I feel like he... He just kind of buried it and now is slowly covering it with more and more. It looks like substance abuse. I'm going to say allegedly. Well, no, he said it on the show. He said, I will like so he got really into using CBD and marijuana to calm himself and was like a kinder, gentler person. But then he said he would gain 20 pounds and then he would have to go on Adderall. He said this on the show. And I, I would suggest there's, I mean, a lot more going in there as well. If you're, if you're going, if you're able to do three, like full on exercise classes a day, that's not normal. So, the, you know, there's, there's probably something else just to open them up a little bit there. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> 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 as an ex addict myself and someone who has been to rehab i i don't know i have no i have i don't know what i can say on the topic <clears throat> but i do think like yeah he's i think he is just uh, since his dad died he has gotten so much more angry more progressively so and he doesn't have enough self-awareness to to think that it could be coming from inside and you can see him he's like i'm going insane like you can see him actually he knows it realizing it but he has no idea what to do and that I felt like that in my life it's a horrible feeling and I think Brittany has been pushing religion and her family has been pushing religion on him as an answer and that is one of the tools in the toolbox right is like having a faith community but it Mm. is not the only tool and you know he's always posting that stupid freaking like cross emoji and like heart emoji in his tweets (laughs) I I mean I'm blocked but whenever I can (laughs) see them for no reason I've never said anything mean about him but he goes on these blocking rampages and anyone who ever tweets about Vanderpump rules, if there's a thread of anything where someone says anything, he blocks the entire thread. Wonder if I'm blocked. I think I unfollowed him because his rage posts just infuriated me. (laughs) (laughs) He's so infuriating. I probably blocked him. I blocked you, Jax. (laughs) Well, wanted to get your thoughts on James sobriety and and then that wonderful scene with his mom and how she's sober now and her sobriety led her to be able to get a job and health insurance. And then she found out she had breast cancer and was able to get treatment early on um, and she got a double mastectomy and you see James crying about it and they're both like mm. processing their feelings and behaving oh, like such amazing. adults. I am a James apologist from way back because with James, I can, I throughout his addiction, yes, he was a real jerk, but I kind of related to his, in my own experience, I related to his addiction experience more in that he was truly 
in pain and he knew that he was in pain, but he also just had to go on with life because life goes on. And he really didn't have any other way to do that. He could possibly do that um, except to drink himself into oblivion. But I am so fucking proud of him. I think he's what up to uh, like 11 months Mm -hmm. sobriety now. He's almost got a year. You can see that Raquel is just absolutely beaming with pride and she's happy like this is the first season we've seen her happy and she's not just like a cardboard cutout of a human being walking through life and they I just I he can he's at the point now in his sobriety where he can tell that this is a good option for him and it takes a long time to get there to realize that you're not just like white knuckling and that you that you know this is actually a better option and their life can get better um but yeah, I'm I'm proud of my little Jamesy. <laughs> I love him. And I love that he still has that like wit and that humor. And yeah, he's still cheeky. He's still James. That's the yeah. thing is he's a better version of himself. And yes. I wish Lala was. I oh, hate man. to say it. I wish she was a better yeah. version of herself sober, but she's not. She's, she's still not. so mean. She's still like has double standards for people she's still super angry with ariana for calling her out last year ariana's like my dad died your dad died you can't like take it out on other people and she's still angry about that i know what is going see i look at lala and i know that she says she's sober but for me she's like there's this term in um in the i guess sober world um dry drunk where it's like you are so you technically sober but you are kind of manic and angry and you're still kind of acting as if you're still drunk and for me I'm like that that's kind of how she comes across to me and she also comes across to me as if I say so many things and I'm like, should I say it? Say it. I don't, I I think she's sober from illicit drugs and alcohol, but I would not be surprised if she was also on Adderall because she's just still so angry and revved up. I don't know, but I think it's easier to um, uh, tell yourself that if it's prescribed, that it's not, addictive that it's not a drug and we just know that that's not true I mean look at the opiate epidemic so I I look at her and I don't see sobriety whether that's kind of like a a dry drunk situation or if it's actually technically kind of some kind of prescription issue I don't know but she has a lot of processing to do when when I when I look at her I just don't relate to angry people because that's like the emotion I'm least comfortable expressing. Right. Um, I get angry, but I'm not very good at expressing it. And it's certainly not the emotion I'm like, it's not like my go-to emotion. So when I see other people and they're so comfortable being angry and it's just so natural for them, it terrifies me. It's a horrible, like, I I don't know how people live there though, because I just, the, the longest I've been really in rage is like a year and it was, so, it's agonizing. Like every second, this is through grief as well. Like, I guess I turned into kind of a, a Lala or a Jax. I'm like, I just want to fucking fight someone all the time. And I wouldn't, but it, that's what it felt like. And it, you do feel insane. 
So I don't know, the, these people that, like you say, it's it's comfortable for Lala to just scream in someone's face. Like she almost thinks she's cool to do it or it gives her power, like a, like a school bully, you know? I can't imagine it because I'm, I can get angry and I, and I like was there for a long time, but it was not comfortable. Like it was hell. So I, I think it's just such a, I don't know, you come from like such a different place if, if you're that comfortable in that space that long. I mm-hmm. like Raquel's response when Lala's just screaming down her throat and trying to humiliate and embarrass her about who she is. And Raquel's just like, okay. <laughs> Raquel has such a level head. Like, I, say She's what you want, but she is calm. She is I. I, I really grew to love uh, to right? feel to have that sense of calm and collectiveness. Mm-hmm. I, uh, she, she could do anything. That pageant girl. Like, she should she's be just like an like, air traffic okay. controller. Like she like <laughs> 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 like Raquel can handle anything. She's exactly like an, a and, trauma surgeon. Like nothing will yeah. rattle this like this woman. It's it's impressive. And she bounces back, you know, I, I, when I was watching last season with her and James, I was like, oh my God, he's really traumatizing her. And how can she ever heal from this? No, she's happy as a goddamn clam. Like she is just to see him succeed has healed all of that trauma and pain that he caused. So I'm like, wow, like she is, she's kind of amazing. I, I used to. Anyone that mm-hmm. has met her and that like knows people on Vanderpump always say that she's exactly how she comes across on camera, that she's mm-hmm. just nice. She doesn't have it out for anyone. She's not trying to like, you know, get screen time or, you know, she's always true to herself and kind. Oh, what a gal. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, we need someone like that on the we show. do. We do. So... <laughs> The main crux of what happened in this week's finale of Vanderpump Rules is this like photo shoot for the Hollywood Reporter. You know, it was an excuse for Lisa to bring all of her various people and restaurants and endeavors together. So like Lala's there representing Vanderpump Dogs. We had Kara, which is Sheena's doppelganger, who was just weird and drunk. Oh my God, fucking Kara. And, you know, and then like Danica ended up getting in an argument with her, which wasn't entirely shown. And then Danica was thrown out. Again, justice for Danica. She needs to be full time. Um. (laughs) Ariana, the best part I thought was Ariana confronting Jax um, mm. after this because Jax is such a jerk. The whole, I mean, the last however many, the whole season. But at yeah. this photo shoot, he won't even wear the t shirt, the the shirt for the that bartenders are supposed to wear. Apparently, he doesn't oh. even own it. He just shows up wearing whatever he wants, and then you know. Britney's making excuses and whatever. After all of this, Ariana pulls him aside and calls him out for talking shit about her and her relationship for the last few years. And he's talking in circles and she's just like, stop, just stop doing it. And then she says what I think I'm hoping may lead to Jack's not being on the show anymore. Cause I'm sick of it. Is she says, these aren't mistakes These are pointed decisions. This is a pattern. This is a personality. This is who this person is. Yeah. 
I feel like Jax has played out. He had his redemption arc and then he went right back to where he started with anger and um, narcissism and it's just mean and there's nothing charming about it. He's not funny. He's not clever like James in his, you know, one-on-ones like... (sighs) He's not talented. And, And the thing is, look, they've had the wedding. Great. Take a break now. But... I think I don't think Britney's gonna leave the show, and I don't think they would. I think really, Jax has had his time, and he he needs to just. They need to both get off the show because he needs to heal before they bring kids into this situation. And you know that they're gonna be trying straight away. Like that actually causes panic in me because I if know. he's that angry now, you know, and if he's that narcissistic about a wedding. I mean, a child is next level. So it actually terrifies me if he doesn't get off the show and get help. Like before that happens, I, I mean, just, like, I, I, like I know it's a show and I'm being a little dramatic, but I'm genuinely concerned about that. I don't know. I mean, I know this all taped nine months ago, but I don't know why his true friends don't stage more of an intervention. Like he's clearly... I, they're, they're- off his rocker that's just jacks that's jacks like they have uh, allowed him to behave this way for so long and he gets away with it and nobody else does everyone else gets called out for their crap and it's not okay and it's it's scary and why you know everyone i find myself holding uh, my breath i know like i'm genuinely anxious watching him so I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I hope you're right. Um, by the end of the episode, I really felt like they were saying goodbye to Kristen with all of those old photos they were showing. It kind of felt like a farewell to me. And then they did the, the Jack's conversation and that kind of had the same similar vibe, but I, because they didn't do the pictures and the memories and the flashbacks, I was like, Oh, maybe, Maybe he's going to stick around. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so you've got the Witches of WeHo Dunzo, and that's played out. And we've talked about all the reasons that Katie and Stassi are no longer friends with Kristen. I mean, Kristen, both Kristen and Jax, like, see, they're so deep into their dysfunction, and they won't admit that there's any part of them that needs to change. It's always everyone else around them that needs to accept them for who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with Tom and Jax, they agreed to basically take a break. And I think Tom is full on walking away from Jax as a friend. And he should. It's about time. Everyone's made excuses. He's made excuses. And... Then, like, as this sort of breakup is happening, the best part of the whole season, the most real moment when Lisa asks Jax, like, about Tom, like, is this how you really feel? Like, Jax is like, yeah, these are my lifelong friends. You know, I thought I was going to grow old with them. We were going to have kids and go to Little League together. And Lisa's like, maybe not. Jax is like, well, we are. And then Lisa's like, well, then respect your friendships. Jax goes this is not just a fucking television show Lisa these are my true friends this is why my show is successful (laughs) oh my god he finally said it he finally said it on camera and they showed it Mm -hmm. he pulled a Vicky Gunvalson 
Yeah, I was just going to say, just like we were talking about with Vicky, you know, and Nini, this is where they've gotten just a little too big for the britches. And look, who knows if he'll be back because it doesn't always work out that way, my friend. I mean, she tells him, she says, it's not your show. It's actually my show. And I put you on it. So don't fucking disrespect me. Mm -hmm. And then she gives him the talking to that I feel like Brittany needs to give and like, Lala if Lala and Rand are so close with Jax like they need to give him which is she says like stop making yourself feel more special than you are we're all human beings we're all gonna lose people we're all gonna fall in love we're all gonna fuck up we're all gonna go through tragedy because that is what life's about and you have to deal with it you have a beautiful wife you have every chance in the world now pull it together to talk to someone find out how lucky you are and end of fucking story that was brilliant, and I'm so glad somebody said that. But you're right. It, he won't listen. He won't receive that. And even, like, Brittany won't say that kind of stuff because she's scared of him. She's she scared is. of upsetting him. So she tiptoes around him and, and, like you say, enables this behavior. And that's kind of what everyone's been doing for, like, Tom for 20 years. And he finally has Ariana to be like, this is not normal. You know, sometimes you need someone to call you out on your friendships and what you have accepted. And finally he's like, yeah, you know what? This is not healthy. And one by one, they're slowly starting to realize that, but it's kind of too little too late because he is 40 years old and he is who he is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's salvageable, but... I, I hope so. It's uh, He's one of the darkest people I think we've ever seen yeah. on any of these shows ever. Absolutely. Which is saying something because we, this is this, like Bravo is a breeding ground for narcissists and, <laughs> and, and, and addiction, you know, like right. it's, it's rife in, in this world and look makes fabulous TV. I love it. And I lap it up, but he, he scares me in a way that the others don't like Luann is fucking annoying. And she's when I think about narcissists in the Bravo verse, her name comes up for me almost straight away. And, you know, she's got addiction issues herself and those things, you know, they run together a little bit, but she really irritates me, but she doesn't scare me. Whereas Jax does. Right. No, I feel the exact same way. So shall we get into Beverly Hills? Let's do it. I am loving the season of Beverly Hills. It's giving me everything that I want from Beverly me Hills. Me too. It's giving I, me the looks, the drama. It's so good. And I really feel like it's back. It needed that. I mean, this is a testament to when you take one of the old school people out, like Lisa in this example, the show can still thrive. You know, it, it, everyone's like, oh, you know, all the Lisa, Lisa supporters, oh, it's going to fail without her. No, nah, it's fucking gold. I'm loving this season. It's 100 times better than bloody um, Poppy Gate last season. I know. We're back. We are back. So the the show this week starts with us meeting Garcelle's friends. And I love this group of women. And they're just gabbing and reading each other and making fun of each other. And it seems <laughs> like lovely. We have not seen this many black women on Beverly Hills. I was Hills thinking that. Ever. 
And Ever. I think we need it. Like I'm sick Absolutely. of, you know, of just like the stereotype, you know, Beverly Hills housewife. I'm 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 mm-hmm. here for Garcelle. I also had no idea she dated Will Smith back Wait, in the day. Did that come up? I is that what, is that who up. they were? Is that who they were talking about? Which yeah. was like, oh, I dated I, I dated I him before Will. my friend married him. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know they were talking about Will Smith. I must have been like, I don't know, I eating a burrito so. or something at the same time. That is. <laughs> So good. Oh, they're such a sexy couple. He like I've I've literally got a bit of a tingle in my loins right now. He is one of my first loves. I a just like men in, Yeah, men I in black. It. I mean, he can get it. And Getting jiggy with it. <laughs> fucking French prince. <laughs> uh, French I just said French prince. I mean fresh. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> oh, and um we get to see Erica learning the choreography for Chicago. Yes, she is a true um, talent. She really is. Oh, look, I struggle with those. Look, I know, I know. Anytime we see someone doing anything that involves singing or musicality or talent in any form on these shows they choose the worst possible clips I know that they do but she's a real to be able to do Broadway they don't let just anyone on Broadway and to be able to carry a show she is (laughs) she is is a true talent she's extremely talented at least with dancing her voice is going to need a lot of work but I, this is, I'm, I'm just speaking from a place of pure jealousy because this is my (laughs) ultimate character that I would love to play. Roxy Hart? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a singer and this is the character I would die to play. It is so sexy and, and her power just kind of evolves. It is ultimate, ultimate for me. So when I look at her, I'm like, I'm so judgmental. I'm like, oh, well, she kind of missed that note. Oh, it was a bit flat there. <laughs> I don't know about her voice, but but in Chicago, I feel like they do a lot of talk singing and it's a lot of like yeah, lower octaves. So it's oh, not look, she'll, as... She'll do an amazing job. I have no doubt. I'm just, I just want it to be me. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was really fun to watch her. I thought she got that choreography really quick. I love that little knee, the knocking of the knee thing. That was so cute. She's great. Oh, I'd love to see her in it. Oh, I'm so sad that it got cut short because she was. Oh, doing it's already it. over, is it? Yeah. So it. Um, she started in January, and then obviously Broadway closed in mid March. That's so sad. Yeah. Like you wait your whole life for this this opportunity, and it gets cut short because of the state and of the world. Ticket sales were up for Chicago because I was looking Maybe at going. Maybe bring it back. Oh, that's so sad. That actually has broken my heart for her. I know. Oh, at least she got awesome. to do those few months. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then my goodness. we see my favorite storyline <laughs> of of the year, which is Dorit franchising Buca de Beppo. <laughs> Okay. I literally can't. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to ask because it's an American attack. It's an American right. chain, obviously. And it's family. Is it a franchise? Yeah. So there's like, I think I looked it up like 80 to 90 locations throughout the U.S. And wow. She's, they're taking this like one location in not in the nicest area of like 
LA <laughs> and she's going to redo it. <laughs> but girl, I mean, every this time they like, say it, I'm like, uh, what did they Because I don't, I've never heard of Buka de Beepo or Pico de Gallo or whatever the fuck it's called. I'm always like, what did she, and they say it so quickly because I guess Americans know it, but I'm like, Buka de Bapa, like, okay. where are you bu- saying? <laughs> Buka de Beppo. And it is family style Italian food. So you can't go right. there alone. It's like you order a whole thing of Caesar salad and a whole okay. thing of chicken parmesan. And it's good. Like I went there once before, back when I used to run before a big race to let carbo load. Granted, I felt so full the next day. I was like a minute slower on my time than I expected. <laughs> you like stock up on carbonara and you're like, oh, this was a bad choice. Exactly. <laughs> but it's not a fancy. I mean, I would say maybe it's above an olive garden. Okay. Do yeah. you know what... We don't have olive garden either, but I but I know from from the TVs. Right. So this is like a step above that, but it's not like you know, the Palm or some like fancy steakhouse that is only right, in like okay. Vegas and New York and Miami. But- it's, it's, it's not like that. This is a place that you would go with your like middle American family. But also it's so strange because she was just given one room. Like it wasn't, she was given the <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I don't understand. If anyone's interested, I post some, I, I uh, shared on my Instagram story today, um, reality TV and me, the, the image of her, her room. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a yikes. I, I, it's like I yellow, right? It's very yellow. Yes. Very, there's lemons hanging from the roof, which I actually like, but the tablecloths need work, for, in my so opinion. So I think that might be the way the tablecloths are at all of the Buga de Beppos. I mean, I don't love it, but I but bear it from me to change the theme of the of Buga de Gallo, Buga de I mean, the fact that, like, she's this, like, glam lady, right? She's, like, so yeah. glamorous. And, oh, BK, my baby, baby. Oh, honey. You look so good. I'm like, who is this woman? They're fabulous. They're so them. wild and nuts. PK won me over as soon as she threw that party for him where his parents came. And he was crying he because he was so excited yeah. to see them. I'm like, okay, this man has real relationships. He definitely mm-hmm. has financial issues, but he loves his parents. His parents love love him. He seems to have great relationships with his other ch- older children. He loves his kids. He loves his wife. Like I, people I think seem they're to genuinely like him. in love. I yeah, think they I, are too. I and I never thought I would say that. I never thought I would say that. But I think they genuinely like even when they were sitting at the table and she I guess he'd been away on business and she's just holding his hand and they just kind of like snuggled up close to each other because they missed each other. I was actually so kind of like, Oh my baby. That was sweet. <laughs> it is so funny. And then I so could- this Robert Earl is the owner of Buca de Beppo, and that's apparently mm-hmm. a longtime friend of PK's. And like, who isn't a longtime friend of PK's? Right, right. Like these, these with money. people keep like coming up, and um, you know, he says like this is a real business, and I like I know that you guys might this might sound crazy. Like, I need you to take this seriously, and 
Uh, he thinks that Dorit is giving a three out of ten in terms of like, well, I love how much that. effort like she's a report card. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a D on your report card. Um, there's definitely some m- movement in the upward uh, motion that we could work on. She's like, what? what are you doing? But I don't understand. They haven't even mentioned that they're buying the restaurant she's just designing a room i don't even know what what, what they're getting out of i'm so confused i mean he's getting bankrupt this man <laughs> that's what's happening they're <laughs> gonna have to replace those lemons on a weekly basis that's gonna run them some business just don't like you that. think they're fake i don't <laughs> probably <laughs> we could just ask uh, shannon bedore she always has nine lemons oh, in a bowl God. lying around mm-hmm well, Shannon would love Buca de Peppo or whatever it's called. I just can't get over how funny the storyline is to me. It's everything. It's like all of the delusion that I love from Housewives. <laughs> it's it's lighthearted. It's hilarious. It's at, the the confessional look of Dorit and PK, where she's wearing that like zebra print and the hat and he's next to her with like a gold <laughs> chain they're wild i love I love i love her looks i love that she went to some event with uh it must have been lisa Rinna's daughter's uh, opening and that ponytail that scraped the floor that would have just been so heavy i would have needed a handful of had it all just in my she purse took, she said she took four advil she did didn't she yeah yeah, yeah. she like agon i mean if you've ever worn a wig they are uncomfortable on the best of days but to have something that is like three horses tails sewn together i mean <laughs> she's lucky she can lucky she has those boobs to keep her standing upright because that helps like balance the weight otherwise she would have been like a suitcase and just flipped back Flip. <laughs> <laughs> Dorit is everything. I I knew, love her. I love her on this show. I yeah. really, really do. On this show, on is, this is show, yeah, <laughs> she is perfect. Um, so we have Erica Jane's dinner party, and we finally get to see Tom Girardi for like a full scene with all the women, and they're all starstruck by him. I mean, he is a mm. real big time lawyer. He's a really good man. If you look into yeah. the kind of stuff that he does, he's a very he see, appears to be a very principled, thoughtful person. Um, and he's telling the story about how he was friends in high school. This shows how old he is with Pat Wayne, and they got in trouble once. And Pat's father, John Wayne, came downstairs to scold them. You know, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, you know." And then, of course, they're all smitten. They can all tell straight away, like. Because he's, I mean, being a good storyteller, being able to hold the attention of a room is very attractive. It and is. all the women are just like instantly swooning, like, oh, and Tom Girardi. Man. Yeah. But I mean, I I was kind of swooning there with him. I was like, oh, Tommy. <laughs> he's, he's a good guy, too. Like, a good guy. You know, so he's so funny. So then she kind of lets him go, kind of like, thank you for filming with us. This helped me <laughs> in my yeah. career. 
Um, he also seems to really believe in Erica and like want her to have everything that she wants out of her career and her life. And to yeah. see how proud he was of her to get the part on Broadway. Like he was super excited. I think he flew to New York multiple times to watch her. Aww. Like I love My that. Heart. Um, And then her friend Sean, an astrologer, comes and does readings (laughs) for all of the women. And now I'm not big on astrology. I don't know a lot about it, but I'm super interested in it. So I Mm -hmm. loved that he said he would he would give a read on each of the women and then it would say their sign, their moon and their rising, which I only learned about very recently. So. I was like, oh, oh, this is this is interesting. Um, he tells Denise that she's the most complicated chart and that she keeps part of herself hidden. And that if her trust is broken, she might become calculating against that person. So mm-hmm. that sets up kind of all of the stuff that we think is going to go down with Denise. But the real drama happens when he reads Teddy's chart and says that she needs safety and deep connection and she gravitates towards one energy that she feels most comfortable with. And Kyle's like, see, that explains it. <laughs> Stop that was, bugging me. I mean, this storyline confuses me. Like in any friendship group that big, of course, there are people that gravitate toward one another and develop stronger friendships and it shouldn't really be a I don't understand why it's a big deal that it genuinely confuses me I have a theory that it has to do with the show and that Teddy's not really good for the show I don't think anyone Mm. really enjoys watching her or thinks she contributes much to the ensemble but Kyle may have been like I'm not going to film unless Teddy's filming Right, because it it has to be something deeper. It has to be something like that and like, you know, pulling for her with her contract. I know that there's always Mm. issues with the various contracts and who's getting paid what. Denise is getting paid a lot more than some of the other women, despite having not been on the show as long. And so I think when she didn't show up at events last year, knowing that she was getting paid a lot, pissed many of them off like she Ah. right so I think there's always with Beverly Hills it's never the drama's never exactly what's in front of you Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot that's unsaid so I feel like this issue with Kyle and Teddy is something about Kyle forcing Teddy on the group and not Mm. acknowledging that she kind of goes to bat for Teddy in a way that she doesn't for the other women and they just that makes sense to right? me. That's that my guess. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, that actually cuz cuz watching it, it as as we see it just as is, it it I'm confused genuinely right. why this is such a big deal. People have friendships. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Like if two people are closer, I think when they try and call out, "Hey, you like treat Teddy differently." Like who cares, right? Yeah. I hear hey you like tried to pull for her for this show mm. right mm. because a lot of Kyle had became the queen bee or thought she was there was some power during they thought I think people thought there would be much more of a shakeup in the cast after Lisa Vanderpump left I think right. people thought Teddy would also be cut in addition to bringing in new people and then Teddy's not only not cut she's full time and she's always mm. filming with Kyle I 
uh, look, don't get me wrong. I don't don't think Teddy's great for the show, but I enjoy watching her um, anxiety because <laughs> <laughs> because it irritates the rest of the women so much. Right, and I'm a bit like that because I used to be the Teddy. Like when I was younger, I was so anxious and so afraid of putting a, a foot wrong all the time, and. Then, you know, I life happened and I kind of grew out of it because I realized you can't control everything. And so now I control nothing. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of these people is one way or the other. I'm like, ah, fuck it. It's all going to go to shit anyway. And if it doesn't, that's a happy bonus. So I'm pretty chill these days. But I look at Teddy and I see my old self and I hate it. So then when the women are like, so irritated by her it just I enjoy it It, it's it's so it's a gross part of me but I love their reaction to her that's so funny it's so twisted but that's that is what I get out of her on the show and the fact that Kyle is also this anxious energy and then there's so there's just these two terrified women in the corner and the rest of the girls are just like ah like fucking partying it up and can't stand these two shaking chihuahuas in the corner it just makes me laugh (laughs) that is I mean that is a good read on this group I mean and then you've got Sutton thrown in who just doesn't fit in with anyone (laughs) I mean it's like what universe is she operating in but I do feel a little (laughs) bit bad for her because I don't think that she can read a room at all yeah she it's like she's shocked by people's reaction to her but yeah, it's it's so then she kind of brings up issues with Dorit and Dorit, you know, this was yelled so back bizarre. and then yeah, and then Sutton's just like yelling and Erica's like Sutton, you are a guest in my home. I loved and that. That was amazing. I love Erica is such a boss. Like she can shut yeah. up anyone using yeah. her like calm demeanor. And I like Erica better when she's calm and measured mm-hmm. than I do when she's like like you don't know what I go through at night you know (laughs) like that's a bit excessive and doesn't feel as genuine as like she's a thoughtful smart lady so I couldn't get over the ending of this week where like so Sutton feels like the women aren't trying to get to know her Garcelle agrees Garcelle calls out Kyle specifically Mm. for like glazing over her and not really paying attention to her Garcelle Rinna and Denise all talk shit about Kyle on the, the car ride home. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> and then Erica, like, you know, again, they're talking about Kyle and Teddy and couples therapy. And like, that was like, they were just saying it to irritate her. Like, I think they were trying to get a rise out of Kyle. They know that the two of them went to a therapist <laughs> for anxiety issues and doing breathing exercises. They're not doing, cu- quote unquote, couples therapy couples. that like people in a romantic relationship <laughs> also, would be for in. the show. You it's know? like, come like, on. Know. Like, so she just got so riled up. And you know, Erica's like, I'm just trying to be honest with you. And I think it's weird. And then <laughs> and Kyle actually said, like, because you don't have good friends. That was so mean. It was so oh. mean and so uncalled for. And Erica was like, I actually do have good friends, Kyle, and I consider you to be one of them. And it just shut down everything. Yeah. 
I mean, that's kind of a an old storyline that she's trying to pick up on there. And that's when Kyle's mean girl attitude comes out. And she just says nasty things like that because she's panicked and she wants to put somebody else in their place because she wants the attack not to be on her anymore. But, I mean, Erica, they've said all along she doesn't have girlfriends. She um, She's cold. And we've seen throughout the years that just isn't true you know she she has developed really strong relationships with these women and really important long-lasting ones like she I think she's still friends with Yolanda even though she's not on the show anymore so you know it's just not true and Erica shut it down in one little sentence and that's what she does really well I loved it I'm definitely annoyed by Kyle um yeah but I do think she's good for the show because she is the center of so much drama and there is so much that she's afraid to say so like I feel like everyone is like coming after each other but not for anything that they're saying out loud yeah I like that about it's interesting hills yeah a lot of people really hate that about Beverly Hills because like just show us what you're really uh like what you're really fighting about but I kind of like that it's kind of simmering under the surface a little bit and then we generally get a lot of tea either on the socials or at the reunion and all of this stuff kind of just makes sense and I I find that really fun whereas Roni is a complete opposite they're all just like everything out on the table everything is out let's let's pivot to Roni Um, my brother and sister-in-law got me a cameo of Sonia for my birthday and she called it Ronnie instead of (laughs) Roni. And I was like, maybe that's what we're supposed to be calling it. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing so hard and she's in this like, like white tank top and hat and is like they call this a wife beater and I'm like oh my god this cameo is fucking insane but my sister-in-law she doesn't watch the show so she's like is this like funny and sent it to my my best friend and and my friend is like no this is this is incredible and my sister-in-law is like okay because she seems crazy Yep, <laughs> she is. <laughs> oh, my oh my God, Sonia. So it's interesting. There's sort of like now two groups sort of forming ish, but they they yeah. do well. It's not like teams, right? Yeah, so you've yeah. got Leah Tensley and Luann, and then Sonia, Ramona, and Dorinda. Yes, and I find the Luann of it all very strange. Like I I watch Leah, and I'm like. Okay, she makes sense to me. Her and Tinsley make sense to me. How does Luann, how do, wh- why does Leah like Luann so much? I truly don't get it. I think they're like, they bond over their drinking alcoholism slash yes. not alcoholism. Yeah. And, like- and it's so, I mean, they're, they're bad for each other in that respect. But I look at Leah and there's, she's the realest person in this franchise to mm-hmm. me like she kind of keeps it real whatever and Luann is most the most fake and measured and I just find them a stra- they're they're the typical odd couple to me but I think that Leah accepts Luann for who she is and I think Luann's like yeah she's not real but she doesn't know she's not real like yeah that's true like she's as real as it gets for her for her yeah yeah so 
it's it's so interesting and they're all trying to figure out how to deal with Dorinda and speaking of you know grief and rage I mean she takes it to a whole new level not Jack's Mm -hmm. scary but certainly undealt with pain which she acknowledges openly like I never dealt with my husband's death and she too probably you know abuses substances and Mm -hmm. drinks and does other things to deal with it um and Ramona's trying to get through to Dorinda and saying like hey when did Ramona become the voice of reason I mean it is that's when you know we've all lost it (laughs) the world has gone mad and it is upside down day every day and I find myself loving Ramona when she's this like I Avery makes a lot of sense to me now how she's just grown up to be this really lovely young woman I'm like oh is this what Ramona's like behind closed doors I think there's a part of her that is sensitive and is nurturing as we've seen you know this season mm-hmm. but Ramona is also just so funny like when they go to the Russian baths and Ramona brings her own towel because <laughs> she read about this on Yelp. Like, that is so classic. Like, she doesn't pretend to be anyone else and she cannot censor herself. No, that's true. And Yeah, but she's grown on me this season. Look, it's taken about 10 years, but <laughs> I appreciate Ramona. <laughs> what a what a silly lady. So they go to this Russian, you know, bath place downtown. They're all complaining about having to go downtown. You know, oh they never go below Canal Street unless it's to like go to the what the probation officer or like passport <laughs> office. <laughs> so I love funny. this this Russian baths place like those little hats they're so cute I want to go look you have to go it looks so fun I mean when they're like hitting you with like tree branches and like leaves it's very detoxifying (laughs) is it can I just just... have a cup of tea with the leaves it explains (laughs) so much also about like my dad so my dad's from Moscow Russia and he has these really weird theories about like illness and what makes you better. Like he believes if you just keep running, like you will just magically get better. Like he believes you'll eventually sweat it out. Yeah. You'll sweat it out. You'll cough it up, whatever it is. Um, He (laughs) like, (laughs) he used to grow up like they didn't have Vicks vapor rub or sort of any like inhalers, you know, when he had asthma. And so his mom used to put mustard seed packs on his chest (laughs) and they would like bad. Yeah, actually, it's like horseradish kind of. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of it from a nutrition point of view, but he wouldn't Um, eat it. It would be like just on trying to breathe it in. Right. So yeah, that could burn. He would say (laughs) when it burn, you know, it work. imagining like him he believes like pain leads to something good no pain no gain that's like such a russian mentality like yes we like yeah wow the pain is is the part of it like you know you should find funny it's so interesting so to like see these like you know russian men just like like hitting these women with like sticks and like saying sonia's like ooh. (laughs) (laughs) 
funny. It's <laughs> it all just makes sense, you know. And my dad like also like drinks tea that's so hot, so he takes it directly from the teapot that's boiling, and then he yeah. puts it in the microwave for another two minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like burned his esophagus. We have no idea how he yeah. can still eat food. If I'm not blistered from the inside out, it's not working. Then literally. <laughs> <laughs> God. I love oh. your dad. I'm oh. obsessed with him. He he <laughs> could have a sitcom all of his own. Like <laughs> I don't know. Just set up a camera in his house for a quarantine. That's my new favorite show. It it's incredible. <laughs> Zooming is so funny. <laughs> it's just every day is just like, oh my God, this is wild, Dad. At one point he insisted <laughs> on on um FaceTiming with my dog. And then getting mm-hmm. um, him and his fiance's cat and seeing how they would react over FaceTime and then pretending yeah. to speak on behalf of the cat. <laughs> like, and then he's like, Mandy, I haven't left the house in two months. <laughs> well, you know that I'm an animal lover and a cat lover that. So look, I mean, I would be there for the, I would I am here for that show. Just uh, your dad uh, talking Russian, like making your cat the cat's arms move. Or, oh, that's what or, he does. Or. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. I love it. It's, it's the best. It's already my favorite show. <laughs> so funny. So at this Russian bath, they are having lunch and you know, Ramona brings up a future trip to Newport, Rhode Island. And Leah's like, can we just like address all of our own issues first? And, you know, the elephant in the room. And then everyone brings up the Dorinda and Tinsley stuff. But instead of really getting through it, it ends up Ramona like rightly points out that Dorinda has a lot of rage and is trying to figure out like where it's coming from. And also, you know, tells her like you kind of, you know, you hit below the belt, you go for the jugular and mm-hmm. people were afraid of you. And Dorinda just then, like, again, projects. This is just like what yeah. Jax does, you know? And he's like, well, nobody's perfect or whatever. It's a mistake. And she's like, well, Ramona, you of all people, like, you say things that hurt people all the time. And it's like, well, I don't think Demo- Ramona doesn't try to hurt people. Like, when she told yeah. Sonia that she yeah. needed to lose 10 pounds... She wasn't trying to fat shame Sonia. She was like horrible thing to say and horrible. unnecessary, but she was genuinely trying to help like, her. You friend. need to lose ten pounds. Like you would look so beautiful. You have such a pretty face. <laughs> Welcome to my childhood trauma. <laughs> like, like, but <sighs> she's she's not trying to hurt people. She's genuinely trying to help and. Uh, she's she has no idea what she's saying, what she's doing. It doesn't mean it's right. It's ignorance, but it's not coming from malice. Whereas Dorinda seems to be coming from jealousy. She's and, trying to and hurt. Just trying to hurt. Um, and Tinsley of all people, like she's not going for anyone else because she knows that they will bite back. Uh, 10 times harder but she's going for you know the weak little runt of the litter which is so cruel and unnecessary like why fucking tinsley who like don't uh, i don't know i really hate bullying and dorinda's behavior i know the b word people react to but she's being a bully she is she is how she's treating tinsley is really out of line and it's like where is this coming from stop it Well, this all, like, kind of 
boils over into the next day when Ramona has like a random group of girlfriends at her house who we don't know. Plus so Elise, who like is being forced down our throats, who none of us like. And then yeah, Sonia the and Dorinda. With her? I, I heard don't know. that Elise was meant to be a full-time cast member and for some reason she didn't end up being. So I think they I think didn't that's... like her and didn't want to film with her. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to make Elise happen. She's not going to happen. Yeah, I think she was too thirsty. Yeah, okay. Fair and not forming like genuine bonds like she was just I mean the whole thing about like do you have condoms Ramona yeah. and like running around I mean that is funny if Sonia does it it's but not funny when Elise does it she's a 60 year old woman like you you can you can have a packet of condoms <laughs> You're 60 right years right old. you should I mean the highest <laughs> yeah you know growing rate of STDs is in Americans 65 and older Little hussies. <laughs> it's probably the New York Housewives is just driving them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can find a whole cluster outbreak. It's all just Bravo. It all goes back to Harry Dubin. <laughs> oh, fucking Harry. My God. Um, that man is a lucky, lucky man because he is not the most attractive of no. sorts. He must be so charming or, I don't know, just have giant penis because I don't know what's going on with Harry and these gals. I think they've, they're have they all sick of it because he apparently goes around mm. to people. Like he went to Mary Payne Gilbert at a bar and was like, you know, I'm on this show called The Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> Oh, please. No, like, you're not on the show. You're not a housewife. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. So So this whole thing leads to, like, Dorinda bringing up to Ramona that, you know, you shouldn't have said all this stuff in front of people. And, like, meanwhile, Dorinda's saying stuff in front of everyone. And, you know, they're yelling and back and forth. And I need you to stand with me. And it's a tough day. And it, we find out it's the day before the anniversary of Richard's death. Mm. So, like, she's already not in a good place. But let's be honest. Dorinda hasn't been in a good place, like, all month. So, like, why is this day different? For, for years. For, for years. years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, and, and, and she's just, like, Jack's been escalating. It's just been getting worse and worse. And you know, that tends to be what happens when you don't deal with your issues and you keep burying them for years on end. It kind of comes to a head. And I think that's what we're watching with Dorinda. I think so too. I mean, eventually they all like, I don't really understand what's going on. They're all screaming. It's hard to know what's happening. And eventually like Dorinda (laughs) breaks down crying. Ramona consoles her and they all go back into the apartment. (laughs) And like, it starts over again the next week. Um, One thing I enjoyed was Leah's meeting Leah's sister and hearing yes. sort of what's going on in Leah's private life. She's dating a guy who she calls Pita Chip, who owns a kosher restaurant because, like she says, I love the Jews. It's <laughs> like, yeah, but- Leah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to rewind that because I'm like, did she, does she mean juice, like green juice or <laughs> no, the, the or your people. type of juice? <laughs> loves the Jews and this guy has made all this money because he sells pita to like every restaurant in New York City (laughs) and she sends him a nude photo of herself with the pita covering her privates which is so funny like that's hilarious (laughs) like if you're dating a guy that would be like if Portia did that to Dennis but had like a hot dog had hot dogs everywhere 
Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I had to, yeah, I just visualized. That's what that noise look was. Good. <laughs> it's, it's a little different to a pita. A little different. <laughs> a little different. Um, but um, yeah, no, I I thought it was cute. But then she mentions that he sends it tried to send it on to his mate and that really pissed me off right? i'm like come on mate are we are we like i don't know 19 that's gross yeah. i thought that was disrespectful it was disrespectful she doesn't need pita chip anymore bye pita chip he reminds me of adam sexy salad <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i forgot about adam oh Another oh adam Adam who so accidentally ended up as like a major plot line on the show and had hey, no idea what he stumbled into imagine if it's the same guy I mean that would be fun um so funny and we get to see Leah's sister Sarah I thought she was great she kind of looked like Bella Hadid I thought hmm. she had this like okay. dark, like high cheekbones. <laughs> okay. No one looks okay. like Bella Hadid, but like Bella Hadid doesn't even look like Bella, Bella Hadid. Hadid. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I mean, are you loving this season? I I am. I, what I, this is my favorite time of the year. I always love having Beverly Hills and Roni together mm-hmm. because they're, they're just so different, but in the same safe universe that makes me feel like wrapped up in a little blanket and taken care of you know I have my crazy bitches in Roni and then we have this underlying tension building in Beverly Hills but wrapped up in a beautiful present that's pink and shiny and lovely and I need both of those worlds I watch them at very different times but I I pick the the mood that I'm in depending on what I need I totally agree I feel fulfilled. I love them. Well, thank you so much for being on the show this week. We went through so much Bravo and had so many laughs. Tell everyone where they can find you. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. I always get derailed and start talking about bloody addiction and stuff, but these shows just bring it out in me. They're just asking for it. I mean, these rate, I always become like a a armchair psychologist. And I'm like, this one's got borderline personality this one's a narcissist <laughs> they all do though <laughs> you like they bring out the dsm-5 there it's like a textbook for almost every housewife <laughs> i swear i'm just projecting my own issues as well i'm like oh my god Aren't this we all? Like anxiety but and they're all projecting the their issues on each other as well i know it's so fun and i love it <laughs> um <laughs> What am I doing with my life? Okay, so I my podcast is Reality TV and Me. And if you are looking for another show, I am covering the Australian version of um, Married at First Sight. So it actually came out here a few months ago and I covered it, but it's coming to Lifetime in the States. I think on the 27th is the first episode. And here they played it four nights a week. So there were four episodes a week. So if you are stuck in isolation and you are rocking back and forth and losing your mind, follow along with Married at First Sight Australia. It's an epic season and it does go pretty nuts. And I'll be covering, I'll be reposting the podcast and hopefully I'll be releasing some um, uh, staff cast interviews as well as we go along. I've got a few lined up. 
So that should be really fun if you get to know the cast and you want to dip into their world a little bit more as well. That should be coming up. Um, where you can find that, yeah, just in any of your podcast apps, definitely Apple, um, Spotify, SoundCloud. And my website has everything there, all past interviews that I've done as well um, on other people's shows and on my show is kirstenmoore.com.au. Awesome. And where can people find you on social media? Oh, on socials, um, at reality TV and me as well. So just if you search that on Instagram or on Facebook, you can find me there or at she's pernicious is my personal Insta and I'm there on Twitter as well. So any of those platforms, but if you head to my website, um, you can, you can find it all, uh, in one spot. Kirsten Moore. Thank you so much, Kirsty, for being on. This was so fun. You are hilarious. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.